you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks, Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com, thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show. Oh, my gosh. We have an amazing show for you today. I know I say that every show, and you're like, he always says they're amazing, and they always are amazing, but one of these days he's going to have a show that's not amazing. Well, today is not that day, folks. <laughs> no, 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 no. Stuff I make up on the ramble. This one's even going to be more amazingly amazing than the other amazing shows we've done. That's how much committed we are to this show. So you're going to have to see it the whole way through to find out what it's about. But you know what also is good? Uh, see it through with your family, friends, and relatives. Uh, it's the holiday season. I'm just going to put it that way. Um, and, uh, you know, the best thing to do when you're sitting around those holiday season tables feasting on those things is to pull out your phone and say, hey, hey everyone here at the table, you subscribe to the Chris Boss Show, the Chris Boss Show. Anyway, you know what it's called. Uh, go to YouTube.com. Go to iTunes.com uh, forward slash Chris Voss on YouTube. Go to Goodreads and all those crazy places and uh, funniest stuff that you can find on the uh, interwebs. Also go to our big LinkedIn stuff. Uh, thanks to whoever gave us a recent shout-out. Uh, what was it? Chris is a great host who gets the best out of his guests with his lightheartedness and humor. He's a professional, and it shows. Uh, he clearly lied on the professional part. Um, but thanks for the five-star review over there on iTunes. Go over there on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. We certainly love it. We have the amazing new author uh, of, of the book, The Awakened Company. And it's coming out on paperback. It's getting a fresh update on paperback November 29th, 2022. So you can pre-order it while you still can. The original hardcover came out in 2015. So those of you on YouTube, don't yell at me and write hateful comments because I didn't figure that out. And you can also get on Kindle as well, but you'll be able to find out more about her amazing book. Uh, we have Catherine R. Bell on the show with us today. She's going to be talking about her book and all the good stuff that went into it. And uh, it's going to be pretty fun to talk to her about it. Um, and we're going to be talking to her about the Awakened Organization. So uh, that should be fun. Welcome to the show, Catherine. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. It's such a joy to be with such a boisterous host. Your energy is contagious. Most people uh, refer to me with uh, some sort of uh, verbiage that starts with a B, but it's not as long as boisterous. It's more like, <laughs> well, anyway. So you're a successful entrepreneur, a business leader, and best-selling business author. You founded Blue Era, a profit 500 executive search and team transformation, transfer, transformation company, and is a top 200 growing company in Canada, our old Canuck friends up north there, and top 10 in Alberta and best workplace. Uh, Blue Era was a shining example of the waking company system in action. And uh, then you sold it. And you focus on awakening the fire within the organizations as a founder of the Awakened Company. So give us the .com. Where can people find you on the interwebs and stalk you? <laughs> they can stalk me at awakencompany.com and katherinearbell.com. Those are our two website domains. And 
oh, yes, I have launched an app. And so go to awakenly.app as well. There you go. Awakenly.app as well. Uh, so, Catherine, it's wonderful to have on the show all the way from Canada. Man, you must have traveled quite some, quite far to get here across the uh, interwebs there. Very, very, very far. <laughs> very far, as you know. As you can see, it looks like, you know, it's it's Thanksgiving. So I just want to give a shout out and say happy Thanksgiving to everybody south of the border. Yeah, I'll tell a funny joke to people. I uh, She scheduled this, and uh, I'm, you know, i I'm an entrepreneur. I work, I work 24 seven. In fact, I didn't know it was a holiday. I didn't know Thanksgiving was this week till Tuesday. <laughs> Somebody said, Hey, it's, it's Thanksgiving this week. Yeah, you want to do something? I'm like, what? I thought it was next week. <laughs> Isn't that the 25th? They're like, no, that's Christmas. And, uh, so yeah. And so I, I, I wrote, uh, Catherine's, uh, people and I said, uh, Hey, are you sure she wants to be on the show? Cause you know, sometimes people book something and they'll figure out it's a holiday and cancel that happens a lot actually and uh on holidays and uh and so and they're like no she lives in canada she she hates canada hates thanksgiving so i was like wow man canada hates thanksgiving what do we do to canada man what the chris show me on the doll where christopher columbus hurt you we love thanksgiving it's just in october the one thing about canadians you guys are a nicer half you guys are a nicer continental half. It's like uh, we were talking before the show. I always tell the joke that America, American Canada, America, America is like the drunken brother to the nice Canada. Like the Canada, Canada people are all like nice. They're always saying sorry, sorry. And uh, here in uh, here in America, we're just like, let's start a war. <laughs> we got guns and shit. And people in Canada are like, oh, man, we're going to get nuked. We're going to get all the fall from these idiots. You know, you guys just sit up there half the time and watch us on the telly and just go like, serious, we need to put up a wall, huh? Well, as I said to you, Chris, I don't think we could be as gentle a nation and as peacekeeping as we are without our amazing brothers and sisters down south. Yeah, so we 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 do the dirty work, and you guys play the nice guys. I see how it is. It's good cop, bad cop in the world. Is that what's going on? I think I just figured out what what the whole angle of Canada is. It's subversive. It's not. It's not a bunch of nice people being like, "Hey, sorry, I'm really nice and shit." They're just like, "There's like you guys are sitting there, evil plots going. You know, let these guys fucking clean up the mess, and we'll just sit here with our donuts or our." Uh, our two fours and and uh, and uh, have a good time. What, what crullers or what? What are you guys called? Donuts up there? Donuts? No, maybe, there's maybe like they're... Tim Hortons. Is that what you think of? Like, no, there's, yeah, there's Tim Tor- Hortons and you got two four beers. I watched a lot of uh, Doug and oh, Doug and Bob movie. McKenzie. They're the yeah, best. I've seen that movie like a hundred times. Are they not so funny? Canadians are really funny. I don't fall into that category. Yeah. Just so you know, I'm not yeah. very funny. I'm more serious. Mm-hmm. But most, a lot of Canadians are funny. We've got a lot of artists, but Bob and Doug are classic. Yeah, they're classic. I mean, some of the greatest uh, comedians uh, that I've always looked up to came from Second City up there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but uh, you do need to take Nickelback back. And uh, that who's the chick with the big nose, Celine Dion? She's, she needs to get sent back. And then that kid, <laughs> Justin Bieber. I think John Candy was right. We should start a war over that with you guys. <laughs> I think we're exactly where they're meant to be. No, no. We'll, we'll keep Mike Myers and everyone else. So let's oh, get. Mike Myers is awesome. Isn't he, though? He's American now, though. So screw you, people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
uh, so the Awaken, the Awaken Company. Uh, now, let me ask you this because this is a question that was top of the mind when I was doing the announcement. Uh, has you you've done some updating to the paperback? Has there been anything new you put into it that wasn't in the hard book? So no, the publisher decided to re-release it as it is, just mm-hmm. make it soft copy, mm-hmm. and very excited to report uh, working on a playbook to go with the Awaken Company. So the Awaken Company book is like the why should we create awakening organizations, mm-hmm. and then the playbooks, the how do we actually create awakened organizations or awakening organizations. So it's not like a playbill where it's going to be on Broadway. It's a playbook. No, but you know what? Let's play. I like the whole concept of a playbill because a playbill is more fun. And I think we need to bring the sense of joy back into our organization so that work isn't like as much work. Like you yeah. and I, like our conversation's been fun so far. And it's so way far. More to be playful. I like playbill. I really like playbill. Now you've got me going on playbill. I'm going to incorporate somehow the word playbill into the playbook, Chris. Put, 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 put your book on Broadway. People do that. We've had, well, we've had, uh, we had one big Broadway talent on. He produced, uh, Breedy and the Beast and he's works with Ellen John and Kiss and stuff to do a bunch of other Broadway stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had him on, you know, we'll put you in touch with him. You guys can map out a play and, and it can be like Death of the Salesman only with a good end. <laughs> a positive, a positive impact. Positive kind of, impact. Just kind of a dark reference there. Uh, so, where did that come from, Chris? That just kind of popped out of nowhere. I just don't you, know why don't where. You, do a pre, you can do a prequel to that, The Birth of a Salesman. I don't know. Where, where are you taking me on this this podcast? No, I really it's, it's always a journey. On different roads, different roads than I've traveled before. You've got me in now creating a playbill and a theater. And I've always loved theater. As a kid, I actually created plays with my sisters. So now you've got my mind spinning because I can't help but to create. It's a great way to present it or spin it as a play because, you know, people love infotainment. They like, you know, we talked in the green room a little bit. People like Stephen Colbert or like a Johnny Carson because he will talk to them about events of the day or news of the day or data or education or, in our sense, business. And, you know, when you tell people you're going to talk about business, sometimes they kind of go like, oh, great math. And so you have to make it fun so that it's entertaining and people learn when your brain's having fun. At least that's what mine says. Um, so let's talk about the Awaken Company. Why did you name it this? I mean, I know that most people <laughs> sleep at work when their boss isn't around. But why did you name the book The Awaken Company? What's the concept you have behind that? And I believe your business for consulting and stuff. So imagine that we're in a dimly lit cafe in New York City. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Chris, this lightning bolt idea just came to me and said, you've got to write a book called The Awakened Company. So I Are turned you pitching a play to me right now? Because it sounds like a screen, right? <laughs> no, but I'm into creating a play. It really Why does. It's a, imagine that you're in a – I'm actually doing the screenplay movie in my head. <laughs> now you've got me thinking, now I'm going to write I'm completely on Broadway at this point. You're on stage. <laughs> so – I I turned to my colleague Carolyn and I'm like Carolyn, I'm to write this book called The Awakened Company. She looked at me and she said, "Yes, you are." And it began that way. It just kind of entered my idea stream, and then it came to life. And it came to life over a series of uh, a lot of fun and a lot of hard work. There you go. I started a book called The Sleeping Company, but it was for my mattress business. Oh, the. Uh... <laughs> 
so bad. So you have this uh, book that's coming out with a new release on paperback, so people can get it on paperback, hardback, or Kindle. And then your company is named The Awakened Company. Uh, is that correct? That's right. It's called The Awakened Company. And our vision is to ignite and sustain the fire within. And we focus on creating healthy corporate cultures to enable a f- kind of a full spectrum success for organizations. Uh, our values are passion, purposefulness, and playfulness, which huh. you embody so beautifully, which I think needs to come through in organizations more and more. Often you go in and it's like a thick, heavy swamp in organizations. Not so interested in that. Really, we love to help create organizations that are thriving like a healthy forest. There you go. The Awakened Company. And, uh, you know, I think this is really important because they, they do need to thrive. You know, people, people, like I said, they, they take on business like, Oh God, it's work. If it's fun, if you love it, if you can find the passion in your business, you know, I wrote about this in my book. If you can, the passion, having a passion for something is really important because a lot of my first companies, I was just an investor in the first 13 years. I was just an investor in, and I, the only reason I really enjoyed him was I was CEO and I was the boss of everything. And I'm, I'm clearly a narcissist who likes lording people around. But on top of that, I like being CEO. And, uh, uh, but I wasn't passionate about anything I did. And I reached a point in my business where I was just, Oh God, I got to go into that place every day. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but you own an idiot. And I'm like, I still want to go in there. Um, cause there's all those employees that I hired in there and I hate half of them. Um, because half of them were sleeping. They were at the sleeping company. But, uh, um, so, you know, it was, it's important that people, employees feel passion, that they feel a, uh, caring and a, um, connection to the business that it means something other than just punching in from nine to five. Is that correct? Absolutely. Uh, I think our greatest challenges will be solved by organizations Mm -hmm. and organizations are here to solve problems. However, it's without causing damage to other people or the planet Mm -hmm. and by inspiring us and inspiring the greatest in all of us. And for us all to live in our, into our full potential and full blooming in everything that we do so that we don't kind of cut ourselves off at work. We don't go into that sleeping company. We don't. In fact, there's something I use called the awake asleep line, Chris, which is where we notice, are we coming from our more awaking place or are we coming mm-hmm. from our more asleep place? So are we coming from the place what, that what would you for us mm-hmm. or life is happening to us? And like, how oh. can we regain our sense of meaningfulness at work, our sense of connection at work? So what are some techniques? I'm looking at your website right now and you guys our global consulting firm focused on igniting passion, purpose, and engagement. So uh, what are some ways to help, you know, awaken your employees? I mean, we just use the cattle prod on the, around the office whenever we caught you sleeping, but uh, uh, the lawsuits weren't good about that. And uh, the judge says, I can't do that anymore. I'm still wearing the ankle bracelet for it. Uh, so uh, what are some good ways to awaken your employees that don't involve cattle prodding? Well, you know, cattle prods can be used for the right reason. You might want to use it to somehow encourage, just get it out, get out that stick. Just kidding. So, um, <laughs> That's a joke. so, so when we think about awakening organizations, I want you to think of three pillars and I want you to think of a drop in an ocean. Mm-hmm. So, so a drop in the ocean. So are we awakening ourselves is the first drop. Awakening our relationships is the next drop. 
and awakening our organization is the next drop. So first we need to awaken ourselves. And the majority of people, when they come to work, they are not engaged. Mm -hmm. They aren't engaged. And yet we know the highest performing leaders are those who are most self-aware. So number one is we need to work on our own engagement and our own self-awareness. And the way we do that is we use mindfulness. We use something called the Enneagram and presence practices. Mm -hmm. We talked about that before the show, the Enneagram. Uh, And I I see that's a tab on your website, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. This is why I do the show, so I can learn new stuff every day. Um, Let's talk about what that is. Awakening with the Enneagram is what's on your website. What 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 are we doing there? Is there is this like something we're sacrificing something to the Enneagram? What's what's going on there? (laughs) We're not sacrificing anything, but we are opening a portal to our leadership presence. How do we be more present as leaders? How do we be better leaders? And Ennea means nine, and Gram means diagram. So Mm. there's nine different types of being. We tend to have a predisposition. We don't tend to have, we have a predisposition to one core type. Mm. And by knowing our type, we also know that there's eight other ways of being so that we can pull Mm. from the different styles of leadership, depending on what is needed in the moment. Mm. So if you want to go through the wheel of the different Enneagram types to see one, which one you may be, Chris? Do you want to play with this a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, let's uh, find out more about me because people will probably be listening going, hey, what? I want to know where I am on the wheel. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to start. There. So there's three types for our body, three types for our heart, and three types for our head. Um, we'll start with the eight, which is a body center type. And body has to do with anger. And the eight is called the challenger. And the challenger likes to challenge the status quo, likes to inspire people, likes to get things going, likes to get the energy moving. If there's a challenge, we'll walk into it if we're an eight. That might be me. That just might be you, Chris. Maybe. There might be a tendency to swear a little bit to get the energy out. I'm antisocial. I mean, I I don't follow social norms either. I'm I'm 54 and single, and and I just I'm just off the whole. I'm off the whole map of society. Well, there you I, go. Yeah. There you go. I couldn't hey. afford all the kids. I sent them off to a military school. I think they come back when they're 18 or something. They call me and I just ignore their calls. But uh, I have two dogs and so that works. But yeah, everyone sits around and goes, where's those kids that are around? And why do you have all this money and you're so happy all the time? And I'm like, I'm single. Well, there's... So that might be me. It might be an eight. It might be an eight. Okay. So just listen to the rest. So then there's the nine. Okay. Which is the bo- another body center type. So it's to do with- it's the opposite of the eight. It's actually Canada as a country, peacemakers. So what do we need to do to make things just tranquil around here? Mm. How do we keep the peace? And yet highly creative can kind of mm. pull the poles. So this is a different type of energy. More than- of a peacekeeper, though. More of a peacekeeper. So my colleague Bliss is a, he's a peacekeeper and his name's perfect for him. Bliss. I mean, what kind of guy is called Bliss? Nine is called Bliss. Like, and he's just so good at kind of holding space. He's probably really blessed too. You know, that old line, (laughs) blessed are the peacekeeper. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. He's really good at holding space. So all like ram forward with the energy and Bliss will hold space. So that's the nine. So the next is the one, which is the reformer. And the reformer is about getting things right. These tend to be the red penners. Like they see a document, like they'll see an agreement, and they'll know exactly what's wrong. Are they the grammar Nazis too? 
No, grass, no. The grammar Nazis, you know, they see you on Facebook and you misspell the your without the E or whatever, and they get all angry at you. They could be, maybe, highly likely. They because they, they usually a, redline everything. They have, they're like they'll like leave comments in my Facebook, and they're like, "You misspelled like five of the words," you know. Yes, they have a pre. This type is a predisposition to getting things right. That's probably them, the grammar Nazis. Mm. Okay, so that's the eight nine one. Those are the body body types have a lot to do with anger. Then we're going to move now into the heart. So it's totally different form of leadership, Chris. Okay. So the first one's the helper. And the helper is like, oh, what do you need? How can I help you? One of my business partners, former business partners, had a lot of two. And she was always the one doing the dishes, even though she owned the business. Like it was just her natural MO to kind of help and serve other people. Mm-hmm. So it's a very different energy. It's a very high service type of energy. So that's mm-hmm. the two. Then next is the the three. And again, heart. And heart has to do with our image um, our image. So three is the success oriented type. They're called the achievers. It's like, what do I need to do to get to the next goal? What do we need to do? What do we need to do? But sometimes forget about bringing their actual humanity to the workplace. Cause it's humanity. all about the goal. What is this humanity you speak of? I yeah, know. Clearly the three, you know, like not really care about people. They just want to get the work done. I care about people. I like them most, some of them, but the more I know people, the more I like dogs. I love dogs. There you go. And I love people. I love both. I like, I love people. I just wish that some of them would be better, but that's what slapping is for. (laughs) What's with the slapping? There's a lot of violence going on. It's part of you. You've you've already diagnosed. You said it's part of the body anger in your, in your, uh, in your, uh, your gram there thing going on. In the Enneagram. In the eight, in the eight. So then there's the 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 three, which we've talked about, which is like, okay, what do we need to do to make be successful? What are our strategic priorities? What are we going to do the next month? La, 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 la. You know what that's like. There's We need that, and we also need to do it with heart so that we actually care about why we have goals. You mean why, I can't just tell people to do things and get slapped? No, that's a hard no. That's a hard no. Note, Sorry, note to self, quit hitting employees. Note to self, do not do. Now we're going to move into a type which you might find very interesting. It's the people, the four, the individualist. And these are like the Johnny Depp, Alanis Morissette's of the world. And they just want to go deep into your feelings. Uh, and, feelings people. And they can talk to you for hours about their feelings and what they're feeling. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like every girlfriend I've ever had. Oh, no. Well, just watch it then, because it's kind of like the, oh, woe is me, you know, very highly, highly emotional. And this is great for relationships, too, Chris. Like, and everything is in relationship. Everything. Our business, everything. Yeah, it's true. It's relationship with your employees, because all employees are different, too. you got to play to them as well. Well, and that's part of having the intelligence in relationships, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So then there's that. We've done the four. Now we're going to move to the head center which has to do with anxiety and mental processing. And the so the five, which is called the investigator, who one of my partners uh, that I do a lot of stuff with is the thought leader of the world in the Enneagram. And he is a five and he just investigates. He like, he's so smart. 
you, you give him a problem and it's like he chisels it out like a diamond and looks at it from all the different perspectives and then figures it out. So it's like the Albert Einsteins of the world. The it might be me. Of- I take things apart and look at it from the outside that way. Okay, so well, interesting. eight and five have a line to each other, but we don't have time to talk about that. Oh. Um, okay, and then we've got the six, which is the loyalist, which is, you know, these are the people that incredible communicators, uh, community builders, incredible communicators. They tend to be self-deprecating, quite funny, and they also worry. They're the people in our organizations who like to create a lot of off-ramps because so many different things can go wrong. That's I can give you a... Is that you? Well, I'm going to give you a funny. You sound example. like to both those first two there, they on the, that head thing. The five and six. Just wait till we get to the seven. You might have some seven. But here's an example, a personal example of a six story, which okay. is a funny story. Don't know if I've ever told it on a podcast, but I'm telling it for you. So it's here I, first, ladies and gentlemen. Well, person, personal story. So I was going for a nature walk with the boys. And my mom and dad always said, don't walk behind the cottage because um, the septic tank is there. <laughs> okay. So I said, me being very bold, I said, forget it. My dad's passed away. My mom's in the cottage. I'm taking the boys for a walk. And we wanted to scatter up this big, this big rock. So I took the boys, and lo and behold, the septic tank lid was ajar. Ooh. Guess who went? You know, have you seen Slumdog Millionaire when they when the you, through somebody the went into the thing? Me, me. This Broadway me. show has turned into a horror Broadway show. <laughs> okay, so I no, went in. I don't like the screenplay at all. Okay, so Chris, I went in, and. It was awful. And so I was screaming for my mom. I dove into the lake. And by the time I get back, she said, you know, Catherine Ruth, I just knew somebody was going to do this at some point, And I've already got everything you need done. All laid out. And she had been in touch with infectious disease. Yeah. So like, this is the six. The six kind of prepares for all the negative what if scenarios. That's not me. Okay. I didn't think it didn't you did you don't kind of resonate with that to me. So then the next is the seven. I don't prepare at all. <laughs> the seven. The seven is like we're gonna have so much fun, and here's what we're gonna do, here's what we're gonna do, here's what we're gonna create, here's what we're gonna build, and here's what we're going to do. However, the seven leader is like the Pied Piper, and they need to ground. So they need to actually say, okay, here are the projects I'm actually going to complete. Hmm. So which one? I'm an eight with a wing of seven. I'm, uh, I have a lot of seven, so I'm kind of between those two. What are you? What do you think? I'm, you I'm kind of lost all the way around, but I think I started an eight, right? Yeah. And then those last two that you gave me, I'm not those. I'm okay. probably a hybrid between the two before the last two. Um, I'm probably a hybrid. You know, here, here's the thing most people know about this show after 13 years. Uh, I probably have a personality for each one of those. So it's just whichever whichever psycho personality is taking over today or is talking on the mic, that's probably who I am. I'm like Sybil. I've got like eight different personalities. At least as my psychiatrist tells one of them. I don't know. And then the one tells me that the psychiatrist said that. So that's the only reason I know what's going on. Okay. So, Chris, I would say investigate it and choose one we have I have one. to choose one I can't well, no 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 but it can take people years to figure out um, so more it's like more about the journey of it and there's a, so many more details than what I just went into wasn't so, I an eight and a three or something I think it was an eight and a three I don't eight, know eight's a challenger three's the achiever 
No, I think it was an eight and a three and something else. A f- and the five? Something. Five? I don't remember what the five was. In best but, uh, I don't know. I said on the show, we can go back and watch it and figure it out. I was like, yeah. I think that's me. Whatever I said on the show. <laughs> Whatever you said. Well, and, and so it provides real insight. And then once we know what our Enneagram types are on teams, you can hmm. really learn to behave differently, learn a, a lot about ourselves and also learn a lot about our teammates. So often we'll do team maps with organizations. so They understand what they have a lot of or what they have a little of. So for example, there was one organization that we were working with and they didn't have a lot of assertive types. So they worked on bringing that more out in their corporate culture. But I have something I kind of want to turn to now, which is the second pillar, which is awakening our relationships. Are you good? If we let's if we, do it. Let's do it. Therapy. We need to awaken our relationships. One last point I want to make before we close that out, because it's really important, yeah. is I like this idea as being a leader of companies for, <clears throat> what, 35 years or some stupid thing I've been doing. Uh, but And I'm 22, which is hard to figure out how that math works. But um, that's really important, especially I can see how important that is in, in a company. Because, you know, one of the things I, you have to learn as a leader, at least if you learn something as a leader, you're not a complete narcissistic authoritarian, is that all your people are different. And so you, you almost have to become a psychologist where you have to figure people out and go, okay, you know, what, what appeals to this person? Like you said, you have that person who's the people pleaser. You have the person who likes to be funny and you, you have all these different personalities around you. Not everybody's a mirror of you. And, and, uh, God knows there, there can never be anybody. <laughs> My company was like me cause I'd fire him. Um, the, I don't like competition. That's just how I roll. Uh, but, you have to be able to uh, understand these people, adapt to them. You have to understand who's good for management roles, who's good for you know, normal roles. You know, there's people that are like, I want to be in management, Chris. And like, no, you, you're not going to be in management. You're not a management person. Um, the, uh, and, and so you have to be able to understand these and being able to play to them and also be able to, I like the team idea of that. So I just want to confirm that because you've given me some thought process I might think about uh, here in the long term. Because it, it, it literally, you have to be a psychiatrist. Like, mm-hmm. I, I do marriage counseling for people. Like, they would come to me and be like, of course, I can't work. I can't sell anymore. And I'm like, why? And they go, oh, my wife and I are having problems. And, you know, you're like, yeah. why is this my problem? Go get a counselor, man. But you have to fix their problem. You have to, you have to try and get them motivated, you know. And uh, that slapping thing, the judge says, I can't do anymore. So there's that. So let's move to your next item on relationships. Oh, well, what you're saying is so true, actually. And it really affects engagement. So the majority of people aren't engaged at work, as you know, like less than 15% of people worldwide are engaged. Like to me, mm-hmm. that's a travesty. And one of the things we can do as leaders is actually care. So by you taking on that role and understand understanding other people's perspectives and what lenses they may be using. It's really helpful. And then to positively mirror somebody mm-hmm. is huge. So just simple little hack is to notice the good things that people are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what some of the business research shows Chris is that the worst time in people's day is their time with their bosses, their boss holes. And that needs to change both for the leader and also for those who are being led. Um, And also it's crazy because people, can you believe it? People rate taking out the kitty litter as better than spending time with their bosses. You know what? You, I was laughing because you just gave me an idea. The next time I, I have a big company, 
with a big old desk and employees that, you know, don't work from home. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to get me a plaque that says boss hole on it and put on the front of it. You know, you know, we have that plaque says your name. It says like CEO and president crap on there. I'm going to be one (laughs) Chris Voss boss hole. And I'm going to be like, uh, I'm going to, there you go. <laughs> you can make people laugh with that though. However, this is serious. Like yeah. it's causing, you know. it's causing disengagement. So the mm. most engaged group of people are those who are positively noticed. Even those who are negatively noticed are more engaged than those who aren't noticed at all. I'll tell a funny joke at the end of the show. I'm going to save it for the end. So whoever's listening right now, you're not going to hear it till somewhere near the end. It won't be at the end. So don't be one of those guys that skips the end, but I'm going to tell it at the end. So stay tuned for that. But I want to make sure we, we suss this out first. Um, so anything more we need to know about the relationship building and we have to, we have to be nice to these people for some reason, well, I guess. What do, you think, do you think now's the time? The poem kind of fits in there. Do you think I should read the poem? Let's go now? ahead. Shoot me a shoot the poem. What does the poem give us a set up the poem for me? If you would, what is it about? And, or, you know, what's a, what does it apply to or So I was, I've been really thinking about organizations and how important they are because people spend so much time at work and, what are kind of the key messages? So I wrote this poem and Chris gave me permission to read it because it's not too long. He did in the it's green room. short and he, he kind of liked it. Kind of yeah. liked it. Okay. It me up. I, I cried a little bit. Oh, you're so sweet. Okay. So here it is. And I'd love to hear what people think because the world is in a bit of a mess right now. We must not declare it an era of why. It is an era of who. Who do we have to be to solve the great mysteries? And in the who, we will unlock all of the world's greatest unknowns. These will help us solve the riddles of our time. The world is burning. We don't have a moment to lose. So what I'm getting at with this poem is we need to kind of tether our inner and outer worlds together more. Oh, Chris, I love it. Oh, look, he's tearing up. Touch me so much. (laughs) I mean, it really does. We need to, the, the world is burning last time I checked. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm sure the turkey will put it, the fried turkey will put itself out. That's the day we're doing today, Thanksgiving. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's an aspiring poem. Is that in your book, by the way? That is the start of the playbook. So that uh, is literally on the first page of the playbook. And it was actually during COVID that I really started to write more poetry that I got was getting. And so I have a poetry book. Oopsies. I have a poetry book in the works as well. There you go. Soon as well. There you go. And you, did you get uh, Tony Robbins to give you a quote for your book? Yes. Tony Robbins um, supported the Awaken company and that's kudos to Namaste, my publisher who really helped to get that. And Namaste, I don't know if, are you familiar with Eckhart Tolle? Because they're Eckhart Tolle. I love Eckhart Tolle. Tolle, Tolle, however you pronounce the name. Yeah. So Eckhart Tolle was kind of, I really wanted to work with Namaste Publishing because I loved Eckhart Tolle and mm-hmm. she didn't want to work with me at first, Chris. She's like, no, wow. I'm not going to do this because just think about it. To change the consciousness of business is probably one of the most challenging things we could possibly do. Because it's not only awakening ourselves, our relationships, but it's awakening as a collective. So it requires so much. Uh, however, I convinced her to publish it, and now she's re-releasing it. So I'm really thrilled. She and, um, well, the Namaste team, which is just, I'm very appreciative for them for them doing that. 
Eckhart Tolle is an amazing author. He really saved my life uh, one time when I was really struggling after my dog's death. And being present and uh, getting out of uh, the emotion of it was really important. And I was having a real hard problem with, with being present. I didn't even understand what being present was. And and someone came on my show and uh, who was from Canada, actually. And uh, I think over in British Columbia, Victoria, that beautiful lives on those one of those islands with the with all the water and beautiful stuff. Um, just epic, epic countryside there. Um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, yeah, he he introduced me to Eckhart Tolle. So that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, Tony Robbins said of your book, "In a world of economic uncertainty." That sounds like a movie thing. In a world of economic uncertainty, the Awakening Company gives a roadmap to a new way of doing business, a way that is humane, fosters innovation, and meets the needs of all stakeholders, including Mother Earth. What a great quote, man, for your book. That is awesome, Catherine. You should have led that off the show. Like Tony Robbins said, buy my book, damn it. So everyone do that. Well, and the book is really present space, right, Chris? Like, we'd be more present. And how do we as organizations bring presence back into our companies so Mm. that we can be strategically more emergent rather than, for example, there was a company that we were just working with and they kind of stuck to their their plan and they just worked that process plan and worked that process plan, but they weren't paying at all attention to what was needed in the market. And so they completely missed the boat because they weren't present mm. to what is happening to in the external environment. So the Awakening Company says, you know, we need to be present to our internal atmospheres mm. and also our external atmosphere so that something more powerful can come through what we're creating together. That's really important. I mean, it's, it's the other thing is too, I had to get this joke in there. It's a little hard to be present if you're uh, asleep at the wheel. Um, you definitely to be awake for that part. You know, you talk about on your website how so many different people are asleep at the job. They're not paying attention to what's going on around them. Um, you know, we, we, you know, I have people that would, they sometimes they'd, sh- they'd just be the show up people who would uh, punch in and punch out. And you'd ask them, like, why do you do what you do? And I don't know. Some idiot told me to do it. This Chris Foss guy. Um, and they would just, they would just do their job. It didn't mean much to them. Um, and those are the people you usually don't want to have working at your company or in your case, what you're teaching here, trying to find a way to engage those people to get them activated, get them awakened so that they, um, so they rock and roll. There was a figure you had on your website said about 85% of your people are disengaged at work. Is that because they're watching YouTube and OnlyFans? Because often they don't know what the meaning and purpose is behind their work. So when we oh. think about our uh, awakening organizations, that third ring, which mm-hmm. the majority of businesses don't survive past nine years, which I'm sure you know that statistic. It's not yeah, I felt that one. We need to do things really, really, really differently. So first is kind of what do we need to energize? Mm-hmm. And I'll often meet with CEOs and I'll go, oh, what's your vision? Or I'll ask somebody in the, walking around the organization, what's your vision? And they don't know. They don't know. So first is like, okay, vision, five to seven words. Clearly, where are you aiming? Because if we don't bring, here's something really important, Chris, intention, attention, action. Give that to me one more time so we have that really clear for everybody. Intention. So what is our intention? Mm -hmm. Where are we placing our attention? Mm -hmm. And then how are we going to act or not act? There we go. 
Very, very, very important. Mm -hmm. So if we don't, as a collective, have a collective intention, collective vision in terms of where we're going, why are you giggling? What's going on? Uh, I, it reminded me of a LinkedIn thing that we posted recently where uh, this gal made a video on TikTok. TikTok's a big thing down here. Uh, I don't know how it is in Canada, but it's it's like an infection. Um, it's like COVID. But uh, so on, she posted a video on TikTok explaining how to uh, become successful in the corporate world, at least here in America. And she, she did a joke bit about how instead of making a decision on something you need to make a decision on as an executive, what you do is you hold a meeting with about 20 other people that you uh, take three months to get everyone scheduled together so you can have the meeting to talk about that idea, but you don't come to a decision on that meeting. You uh, have that meeting and then you have another meeting with those same people to finally make that decision. So you the first meeting is to suss it out and the second meeting is to, is to do that. And then you scrap it and then you <clears throat> schedule a meeting with 20 different other people Um or no, hold on. No, you, you, you second, uh, you second, uh, uh, what is it? You get a back of opinion with the second group and then you do that whole thing again. And then you scrap it and just say, we're going to start over with this idea. And then eventually they just give you executive assistance so you can waste their time 24 seven and just wasting time is basically <laughs> you do things in cooperation. So it was making me think of that joke. And we wonder but, why people are disengaged yeah. when a lot, a lot yeah, of people if they don't have attention. They, they don't, don't have attention. Intention. They're just wandering around going, I don't know, what's this meeting for? Exactly. So having intention. And what's interesting is the business research says we need to put two-thirds focus on corporate culture and one-third on financial results. So a lot of executives think what finances, finances, finances. No, that's the wrong mantra to actually create healthy organizations. Mm-hmm. We need to be focused on bringing up our culture creating healthy spaces for people to work, having a vision, making sure that there's joy in our organization, also making sure that there's clear strategic priorities. Mm -hmm. So we really need to create a kind of a clear landscape for people to operate from. Um, One thing that I've done did as a mistake, a big mistake is one time I dictated a vision. Don't Mm -hmm. do that. If you're a leader, don't dictate a vision because you know, someone came in to consult to that our, to our company and said, you know, what's the vision? And nobody raised their hand. And nobody raised their hand because I was busy dictating the vision. No, people support what they would create. So we spent the day and created a vision together. There so really, is it important to make a vision together with your people so they feel like they're a part of it? Incredibly important. And that's one of Margaret Wheatley's principles is, you know, people support what they create. So get people involved in the vision and don't, don't let it meander like that example you gave, you know, no, like we need a vision for why people are coming to work and then to make it joyful and to celebrate the good things. Yeah. That thing got like a million likes on freaking LinkedIn. Like it was the funniest video about how to waste time and get successful in business. Well, because there's some truth to it. Always there is. Yeah. There's this. There's these seedlings of truth. Yeah, there's, you know, truth. there's people who send, who's, who do meetings. It could be emails and uh, you know, and whatever. So we touched on the intent. What are the other two things we want to touch on those as well? So the kind of the three <clears throat> pillars that I want people to remember. Always as leaders, we always should think about our intention. Our, our intention, our attention, our action, or inaction. Mm-hmm. However, organizationally, I would like us to think about what do we need to energize, sustain, and regenerate. So energize is our vision, 
having clarity of vision, bringing a sense of joy and celebration to our companies, celebrate everything. When you see something positive, celebrate it. Like mm. positively notice each other. And then the third in terms of energize is to have very clear strategic priorities or missions for the next year, the next 90 days, and three years have some general sense of what those are. Mm. And then review them and review them and review them. Because the other thing is people don't remember things having heard them just once. So these things need to be repeated time and time again. That's and why I get a bullhorn and walk around the office. Well, you'd be fun to work for because you'd have the boss hole, you'd have the bullhorn, you'd be like, let's make stuff happen. And then you've got this Eckhart Tolle side, which is quite interesting. And you've got the dog side, which is- I've got the multiple personalities. No, no, I'm getting a different different vibe, Chris, different vibe. As long as I don't, the judge says they just can't use the one that says kill, kill, kill anymore. I can't use that one. I've got to stick the other ones. no. And so once we've energized our organization, then we need to sustain them. And how do we sustain them? Having clear values. So like, how are we going to actually work together? What's our corporate structure? What are our mm-hmm. roles? What are our responsibilities? How are we connected? What's our com- How are we involved in the community? How are we taking responsibility in the community? But here's what's often missing, the third pillar, mm-hmm. which is regeneration. Taking time. I mean, it's your Thanksgiving and you're working. <laughs> So I have a little bit of red flag, Chris. Are you taking care of yourself? Uh, does that mean lots of vodka, smoking, and uh, and stuff like that? Is that is that no? Right? No. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you drinking enough water? Do you have time with your water. friends? Friends? Uh, do I look like the sort of guy who has friends? Do I seem like the sort of guy who has friends? <laughs> Chris, come on! No, I, get I get it. I get it. I'm just doing the jokes. So yeah, I, I try and take care of myself. You know. Yeah. I have a you know a couple of vodkas, uh, you know, before the show. <laughs> oh my word! I don't actually. I don't drink anymore. I think my audience knows that. Yeah. So yeah. it's it, how do we kind of take care of ourselves? Mm-hmm. So and, we're more awakened if we're more healthy and we we take care of ourselves and treat ourselves well. Totally, totally, mm-hmm. and we're more innovative. Like take a mm-hmm. walk in a forest. There you go. You know, you're in Utah. Where do you find your most innovative? Times. When are you most innovative, Chris? Answer me this question. I don't know. When I usually have a gun to my head. <laughs> Chris, I'm Canadian. No gun talk. No gun I mean, talk. Not, 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 not like a real gun to my head, but, you know, you have a business deadline or you've got something that has to get done, you know, because I'll, I'll, I'll mess around and I'll be like, ah, I'll get to that next week. But then, you know, like, like we have CS show coming up uh, here in January. And so, like, I've been kind of messing around for a little while, and I'm like, eh, I should probably get going on booking all that stuff up. And, you know, I did about half of it, and then I'm like, oh, I'll finish the other half later. But, uh, yeah, usually pressure makes me innovate. It's like, usually with my companies, whenever I would innovate, it, was, it wasn't it was like, hey, let's create a really cool widget. It's like, hey, Chris, the company's going to bankrupt if you don't plug the giant bleeding hole in the side of the ship. It's going to sink. So you better innovate something and fit, patch the hole or else, or else, or else. That's the kind of gun to that I'm referring to. And and where are you when you get these ideas? I, uh, for me, for example, it's typically I'll go for a walk and an idea pop in. I used to be that um, the best way for me to was to get outside of the box as I, as I put my book. And so uh, I would go on, uh, I would take weekend vacations. I don't take normal vacations like most people because everyone's going on those vacations and I just send up and stuck in traffic or in a, in a, in a, in an airplane. 
uh, or, a, or a, uh, um, you know, the, the transport, whatever. I don't know what's going on. Um, those places where the airplanes take off from airports, that's what they're called. Clearly, my dumb personality is on today. Um, so, uh, so what I do is I usually travel with the notepad. And so uh, I usually go to like a bed and breakfast. Uh, I'll just get away. Sometimes I go for a drive up in the canyon. I've got some nice places up in the canyon, up in Park City that I like to go eat at. They're expensive. And and uh, you have to go. I have to learn something out of this experience because I just spent a lot of money. And uh, uh, just kind of getting away and just letting the mind wander a little bit. You know, so there's something about going on a long drive, seeing mm-hmm. the seeing especially up here where i'm at in utah or like in vegas where i technically live um you know anytime you go for a drive that is in the city it's pretty there's not a lot to look at i mean there's trees and mountains and stuff but you know your your mind can kind of wander and kind of zone out a little bit and if you're thinking about some things like why do we do this this way why do we do this one process this way Mm -hmm. And you get outside of your box too that way. And probably for you, a walk in, uh, going out, a walk in nature does that. It, it gets you out of your box. Cause when you're sitting in your office surrounded by your whole element in your box, you kind of, you're kind of stuck in it and all the notifications are there. And you're like, Oh, I'll look at Facebook for a second. And then five hours later. Um, so yeah, that's what I usually do. So great example. It's a long we answer, wasn't to- it? Well, we all need to disconnect to innovate. I think we need to get out of our, the majority of people's great ideas come when they're outside of the office. So Mm. to create organizations where it's healthy and normal to say, Hey, I need to go create, I need Mm. to go pause. And also that our organizations are creative spaces so Mm. that they're pretty to walk into. They're not just dull, lifeless places so that people that we work with have pictures of their family or whatever, whatever breeds creativity in them yeah. uh, is very, very important. And we also need time to just take a break. So one of the things we did at, um, in one of the organizations, I'm a serial entrepreneur like you, like I can't help but to build organizations and companies um, is that we had mindfulness breaks. So anybody could call a mindfulness break and we'd meet in the boardroom and we'd do a practice. And this was over, I've been doing this for over a decade, mm-hmm. these stillness breaks for how do we return back to presence? And I, I think that's why the organizations that I've been involved with have done so well, because we do things radically differently. Unlimited vacation, uh, presence practices. We do yoga together, workout together, uh, take trips together. So the invitation for all of us is how do we actually bring that creativity back into our organization? So think about the things that I just described strategically. What do we need to energize? What do we need to sustain? And what do we need to regenerate? And it'd be very deliberate intention, attention, action, or inaction around those pillars. And the more we can get people involved in what we're creating, the more powerful it is. There you go. There you go. Core pillars to abide by. Well, people need to read your book and, and get into this data and understand it more and contact you guys and work with you. I see a lot of different, I think, some coursework and stuff on your website or some workshops. So we do a lot of corporate consulting. So working with organizations specifically to help mm-hmm. build what we call strategies with soul. So it's bringing the, the cultural elements back into their organizations. We also hold a number of uh, webinars. Uh, right now, our courses are full with the exception of our re-release date. We've got 
an open invitation for people to come and celebrate with us on the 29th of November. And we're just, Russ, the thought leader in the Enneagram, and Kelsey, who's a technology leader, we're going to be celebrating the re-release of the book. Hmm. But check out our upcoming, um, the upcoming events tab, because we will be constantly refreshing it. We're going to be doing, I'm really excited about this, next fall, a session on how to create awakened uh, partnerships and relationships. Hmm. With the with the really the core focus, and I'm doing that with Dr. Deborah Egerton, and the core focus of that is going to be on how do we be bring our whole selves, how do we create a sense of belonging in our relationships and our partnerships. So, what if we don't want them to belong? Well, <laughs> that's the problem. That's the problem. Well, you know what? But there's a way to kind depends of, on what type of people they are. Sometimes you don't want them to belong, but that's another story. That's so true, though. It's true so when we get the dating coaches on. We'll talk about that then. <laughs> That's a joke, people. Don't be, don't be like that. But no, people, people do need to be more awake in life. They do need more, be more present. I, I found I was sleepwalking through my life. I wasn't present. Like you know, we mentioned Eckhart Tolle uh, earlier. Um, Tolle, Tolle, you make it. You do what you want. Um, the, uh, uh, it's your story, man. Um, the, the. Um, you know, we do need more and more present because people, you know, I see this all the time. You know, people, I go into places, people look at their phones the whole time. I'll see a yeah. whole family sitting down at dinner and everyone's looking at their phone. And you're just like, why are you out to dinner? Like, you just be home in your rooms, looking at your phones, eating takeout food. Like, why bother going to some place and sitting down? The whole reason to go someplace to sit down. <clears throat> I haven't been to a good uh, Thanksgiving dinner in a long time because we, our family is as big as it used to be, sadly. Uh, I, that was dark. Um, I need to add that at the end. It's just a fact of life. You live long enough and you know, the, the, the big things and then everyone hates everyone, uh, eventually. So, you know, then no one gets together, but we, we don't do the big dinners, but I, I, I imagine like, I, I should just go to somebody's big Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner, but, uh, I never get invited clearly because I have, uh, I have, uh, I, I'm not social. I do not work well with others, but I imagine everyone's at the Thanksgiving table, like looking at their phone, just going, pass the turkey and the yams. Like, uh, we never had that at our big Thanksgiving thing. So people need to be more present. They need to be aware of what's going on. Cause man, you can sweep, you can sleepwalk through this life and, and, uh, you'll, you'll lose so much time and, and so much quality relationships with you have with people. Um, there was so much of my dogs in my life that, uh, my prior dogs that I had that I really wish I would spent more time paying attention to them, but I was always busy working to buy them all sorts of treats and food. And they were always just like, dad, just play with us in the yard. And I'm like, just let me finish this project. And I will. And, uh, yeah. So being present and, uh, being awake is really important because a lot of people sweet, sweet sleep walk through life. So Chris, do you want to do a quick <laughs> presence practice right now that you can, anyone? Oh, uh, sure. Answer? Let's jam one in there. Okay, so first of all, most people are breathing just from the top part of their lungs. So I invite you to breathe fully into your belly. So belly breathe. I, I need to let it out then. Okay, so that's one thing that people can do at any time is to just belly breathe. Now I want you to bring your awareness to your right arm, Chris. Awareness to your right arm. I think it, I don't know. I'm 54. I can't feel my legs, so I don't know. Well, okay. Now I want you to 
Bring your awareness to your right leg. Mm-hmm. Now bring your awareness to your left leg. There you go. Le- awareness to your left arm. Mm-hmm. Awareness to your eyes. Oh my god. Awareness awareness to your ears. Yeah. Awareness to your nose. Yeah. Awareness to your mouth. Uh it's yeah, that that's one big thing there going on. Yeah, our mouth is really important. So the moment we can bring our awareness, there you go, you're drinking, which is perfect. The moment we bring our awareness into our bodies, we can be more present with who and what we're with. Hmm. And as leaders, we really need to do this so that we can make better decisions. Because remember, the highest performing leaders are those that are self-aware. And to be self-aware means to know how we actually are. And not distracted with our phones, etc., as you mentioned. So really feet on the floor and keeping our intention, attention, and action or inaction, being aware of that. Note to my executive secretary, Catherine Bell says to uh, be self-aware. Can you have her write that down on some paper for me and to be present and uh, pass that out to everybody and put, have her put a copy somewhere in my inbox. Well, and Chris, like I just want your your comment about your dogs really touched me because I had a dog that I lost. Do you, want the, do you want the do you want the handkerchief I had? Yes, I need the handkerchief. And it's true. We don't have moments to lose because like we miss those things. And it's like, it's like, oh, like my regrets, my life around not being present for certain things. Mm -hmm. So I have regrets about being present for certain things, actually. (laughs) Okay. Like what? Like what? I don't know. There's there's probably some jokes of some people I hate in there somewhere. I don't know. I don't don't want to recall them, but it sounded sounded like a good setup for a joke at the time. Now you had a joke you were going to sh- share before the end, or something funny you wanted to say. That's like true. That. We're about wrapping the show here because uh, once we go past an hour, people are starting to not be awakened. Um, it's just it's just how they are. They start looking for other things to do. Um, but uh, as promised, thanks for Catherine for making me um, making me uh, what's that word uh, accountable. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you my boss hold joke. So that that's what triggered that. So let me make this, the story's funner on the long thing, but it's a long story. So I had this employee who was working for me and she, uh, and she was a really, uh, not the greatest employee and she didn't have a good home situation either. So I don't want to be too mean to her, although she deserved it. But, um, uh, she had a, she had a husband at home who wouldn't do stuff, uh, with the baby and she was always having to leave work to go home and take care of it. And I was like, you, you've got to take care of this husband thing problem you have because, you know, you were you either work, your home life is not my problem. And, uh, and I guess he wouldn't change the diapers cause he's busy gaming during the day, you know, horrible husband. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, choose your husband as well, ladies. Um, and, uh, he, uh, and, and the pro and that wasn't too much of a problem, but then she started, uh, not, there, there's a part in our mortgage company where you have to get appraisal money and credit money up front. It's about 350 bucks at the time, but it's probably more now. But, um, and you have to collect that money because normally we don't bill for it in the back end because we always collect it in the front. So all of my processors would be required to make sure that that check came in. 
before they would order the appraisal. Because if you order the appraisal and you didn't get people to pay for it, they'd be like, yeah, thanks for the free thing. And then they'd leave. So um, she started forgetting to collect that money. Well, there's a certain, and so she would get rid up and she would come to my office and I'd be like, Hey, we need to have a conversation. First warning, you need to collect the money. Cause there's a certain point where if you don't collect enough of this money, it doesn't, it's more than your salary, which creates a problem in people's mind. You know what I mean? If you're losing more money for the company than what we're paying you, I mean, number one, we don't need you. <laughs> and number two, you know, you, I mean, you're you're taking a hell of a salary there, doubling your losses. So uh, first write up, second write up, third time I got really upset and angry and uh, and let her have it and and gave her the riot act, right? And I probably should have just fired her at that point, but you know I, this is what I get from trying to be nice. So um, so uh, I think a, a couple of days went by and she came to my office and with the door open. In front of my whole office, she let me have it. And she, she, you know, F this, four-letter words, you know, the whole thing. Told me what a horrible person, what horrible, I'm the worst boss that's ever happened. You know, my whole office, at least the sales floor, is hearing this whole thing. And so she's sitting there just giving me the tirade from the, from the door of my office. My office is really big. It was like a living room for most people. So as she's giving me this tirade, I turn around to the bar that was behind me. Uh, and, uh, I think I had some, uh, oh, I don't know what it was, some whiskey or something. So I pour myself a whiskey glass and I put another glass and pour a glass and I sit there and start drinking whiskey as she's giving me the tirade. Just, it's going off forever. And I'm sitting back in my chair just going, okay. And when she's done, I go, great. I go, uh, so you done now? Yeah, I'm done. So are we done here? Are you going to go back and do your job? She's like, what do you mean? And I go, uh, you just told me what you thought of me. You know, I'm in a four-letter of this, four-letter of that. Boss hole probably was one of them. Um, he just told me all this stuff and she goes, you're not going to fire me. And I go, sit down. You want you want a glass? And she wouldn't take one, but I had a glass out for her. And I and I'm just sitting there just calmly sitting back in my chair, drinking my whiskey. And I go, let me explain something to you. I've had every boss I've ever had for the most part at one point or another, I thought they were an asshole. Yeah. I thought they were a bad boss but they were trying to get me to do my job so they could get me paid. And sometimes they were trying to motivate me to do my job. Right. Mm. And, uh, they, they, they had to make money for the company and sometimes they had to be an asshole. So I had a lot of bosses that were assholes. Mm. So as far as I'm concerned, you coming in here and telling me I'm an asshole means you've just, I've just fit my job description. So what I need to know from you is, are you going to quit or are you going back to your thing? And she was stunned. You're going to go back to your cubicle and work. She yeah. was stunned. She goes, you're not going to fire me. And I go, no, I'm not. She goes, but I just called you, you know, all these names in front of your whole crew. Mm-hmm. And I go, you know what? I actually respect you more for coming in and telling me all this shit to my face mm-hmm. because most people won't. Mm-hmm. So what you did is pretty damn brave. Mm-hmm. And uh, you might be right on some things. So here's what I want to know. Are you going to quit? Are you going to... Uh, Good thing. She goes, I can't believe you're not going to fire me. I'm like, I'm not. You're going to have to quit or you're going to have to do your job, but you're not losing money for me anymore. She quit. 
but she was she was stunned. You, it was like a movie scene. She just slumped into the chair, going, "He's not going to fire me. I got nothing out of out of him as her eyes. He just sat there drinking whiskey, going, "What's your point? I'm an asshole." So anyway, that's where the boss hole comes from, and I what probably will get a thing that says that. That wasn't really you gave her the option, so that's not a real boss hole. Uh, I guess so. I mean, that was no, the whole point. That's, of it. Like, that's it just, really it, powerful. That's really it. Just powerful. felt like a lead balloon, and she went on. You know, she was a woman in her feelings at that point. She was very angry at me, and she, I mean, she was. I mean, she listed like every damn thing I'd ever done to her wrong as a boss, and I didn't know there was that many things. But um, you know, my office, I'm sure it was mostly a sales floor of guys, so they were sitting there going, you know, they were all on commission, so uh, they were all sitting there going, mm, he's getting the. He's getting the he's getting the lady talking to him now, setting him straight, and uh, I just was like, I don't, I'm an asshole. Like, what's your point? And uh, but no, I actually did honestly. To the truth, it's not fronting. To the truth, I actually respected her more because I know how my my people sometimes talk behind your back, and you know I don't like him. He's, in fact, I used to do this funny thing. Here's an expansion on that joke. People are gonna love this bonus. Sorry if I'm going until just cut me off, Catherine. If I'm if this is a uh, just too long of information, but I used to go around my office and catch new employees. We'd have this huge telemarketing firm, uh, telemarketing arm of our company. It was on a whole nother wing. And so most of them didn't know who I was because they'd met the vice president. They just heard about some idiot who's the SEO CEO, who's a boss hole. And, uh, so I would walk around the wings of my office during breaks and we had like a hundred employees. So I'd, I'd walk around and, uh, and I'd find some new victim, some new employee, and they'd be talking to like one of my older employees who'd been around for a while. And uh, and I'd be like, hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm a new employee. Just started this week and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, man. Well, I hope you like it. Well, it seems kind of nice here. And I'd be like, yeah, it's really nice here. But I got to tell you, watch out for the CEO guy. He's a real fucking prick. He's a real <laughs> jerk. He's the worst person in the world. And like my employees are standing around going, oh, <laughs> I go, and I'll set them up too. I'll go, you've probably heard that, huh? And and they always, you know, they're trying to fit in. So they'll be like, super like, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah, kind of some whatever. And I'm like, yeah, if if you really ask people, he's a jerk, total jerk. So if you see him, just stay away from him. He's a big fat guy. He's very ugly. And uh, yeah, just avoid him. And he'd be like, okay, sure. And then I walk off, and then like, like usually a day or two later, they come right up to me and they're like, "Oh my god, I didn't know that was you." And I'm like, "It's it's just what what we do here. We're being funny. Don't worry about it." Well, and that's we need more of that, more joy, and we also need the whole kind of the different attributes of leadership. There are times to be a boss hole. There are times not to be a boss hole. Like understanding and navigating those tides. However, I love the way you brought joy in because people will remember that forever. I one time brought a whoopee cushion into the office and that was the best. It was hilarious. And I had people talking about it for years. Yeah. I I brought a whoopee cushion into the office once, but it's because I'm lactose intolerant and I had a bunch of ice cream. That's a different story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very darkly anyway so Catherine, it's been fun, so much fun to have you on uh i don't know if you noticed but the uh the note to self you know that who that's from who that's an homage to no famous canadian who 
I'm so disappointed in you, but you I'm didn't. I'm so have sorry. To... I'm so sorry. Norm McDonald. I'll apologize profusely because rest in peace, Norm McDonald from SNL Saturday Night Live. Did not know that. I'm so sorry. I did not know that. Sorry. Hey, Uh, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's it's a comedy. Yeah, I'm really being into comedians. 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 Um. So yeah, it's just I had to give that nod to him because uh, he recently passed, and he was a great. He was one of one of the greatest comedic writers ever. Probably the greatest comedic writer ever. He wrote so much of SNL skits. I believe he started in Second City. Uh, up there in what Toronto? Toronto. That's there right. you go. There you go. And uh, you know, not that dirty Quebec place that's always trying to break away from Canada and go whole Flo- go whole Florida. I love Quebec. Quebec. I know. Wonderful. It's, it's, it's what, what was that thing going on for all those years? Where like we're not part of Canada anymore. We're doing our own country. Damn it. We're voting. Quebec has more of a four temperament in the Enneagram than the rest of Canada. So they like to be more individualistic. And I live in Alberta, which is way more eight, seven, three. Like we're the hustlers. We like to get things going. We're, there's so much exciting things going on around here. I just always seem funny to me because like Canada is like what? 43 million people. And like one part of it's like, we're doing our own country. And you're like, there's only 43 million of you. Like, Five millionaire, you're gonna go do your own country. Yeah, no, and Quebec's it's such so a precious part of Canada. It's it such is. A, it's so beautiful. It's a beautiful part. I gotta go to Canada one of these days and go to. I'm a big Rush fan, so I gotta go to the Rush sites. Uh, Rush is awesome. Rush is you're like you're kind of Canadian. You I like am pretty much. You like our I'm, comedians. You like our arts. You like you're kind of Canadian. I like everything about Canada except for the cold. I'm not. That's why I haven't come up there. It's because it's damn ass cold in the winter. Well, okay. I've been to Park City, Utah. I love Park City, by the way. I absolutely love Utah. Uh, and I've been to Park City a whole bunch of times. Uh, I went to that festival there. What's it called? Sundance. Sundance. And I absolutely loved it. I ran into Mark Ruffalo and he was so wonderful. Anyway, I love Utah and Canada's not that cold. It isn't? Okay, welcome. Oh, no, it is. It really is. Just don't go to the Prairie Provinces in the winter. But in the summers, it's gorgeous. Like where yeah. I am, Banff, by Banff, is absolutely breathtaking. Like yeah. breathtakingly beautiful. I'm just going to come there and be an asshole and use a boot and a no. and uh, sorry and no. uh, all the other things just all the time. No, Chris. No, 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 no. Y'all. <laughs> No, y'all. Yeah, maybe I'll come up there and I'll just do no. that. I'll just do the whole America, American asshole thing. No, asshole don't do that. Look. We love our American brothers and sisters. No, you no, don't. Have you no. seen us lately? Have you seen us lately? You watch the telly. Uh, it's not good. I mean, it's it's well, pretty they, good now. For a few years there, it was kind of weird. But uh, it depends. Where, we just had an election that looks like we decided fascism, authoritarianism is the way to go. So, you know, we're working on that program. No. We but we to, might, you know, there's still time for us to go full fascist. We have a lot of authors on the show to talk about history and stuff. So there's that. Well, we're at a very pivotal, pivotal time and we need the best uh, in all of us to rise. Yeah. We need that presence. When we're more present, we make better decisions and are better mm-hmm. human beings. And that's why the Awakened Company and all the work we do with organizations is so complex because it's not simple. It's one thing to kind of work on our own presence. It's another thing to work on a collective presence in organizations. You know, you guys have had, I realize now what America's problem is and why we aren't as nice as you, as you folks. Um, uh, We always hire like these ugly old leaders 
Like, and you guys, you guys, two of your prime ministers that are related, the one currently present, are, are like male models. Like all the girls are like, ooh. Um, like even down here, they're like, ooh, for him. Even like uh, the last uh, president guy's wife was like, ooh, giving the googly eyes there when they were in France or something one time. And, uh, and uh, I think that's our problem. We don't hire good looking male models uh, for leaders like you guys do. Oh, that we have a leadership problem, Chris. Typically, leaders are tall, pale, and male, and that needs to change. That whole thing needs to change. I mean, yes, that's what the voting that whole thing situation needs to change. Well, they got no, the voting. You got to do the voting yeah. thing. Time to get out of our box. Forget there's a say. there's a voting thing. Yeah. Mm. We've had one. I think it's one female prime minister in Canada. Mm. Kim- Oh really? It's really it's we think we gotta change things. It's time. The latest guy seems like he's been there like fifty years, but I don't know. It's that's how time goes for me. Um I but then I, I saw that his dad it was his dad that used to be Prime Minister of Canada. Yes, he did used huh. to be Prime Minister of Canada. I don't know. Man. Yeah. I mean it's hard to get those ladies to vote for women when you know you got that male model woo guy. I mean the girls down here, man, they talk. You talk about him, your Canadian leader there. I forget his name. That's why I'm being Justin so, Trudeau. Justin Trudeau. I mean, he's a good looking man. Like, I can look at him and I'm, you know, I'm straight and I can look at him and be like, that's a good looking man right there. I'd, I'd kill to have his DMs um, on Tinder. Um, but uh, Chris, here's the thing how do we like get more in touch with our inner being, like what people stand for, their intelligence, all that? That's the most important thing. And yet we are missing the mark in so many ways. Well, you know, just uh, get, get it's, a, it's that vote thing. I hear the I hear if you show up and vote. Do a lot of Canadians show up to vote here? Like only like half the people or a third of the people show up to vote. What's it like in Canada? Does a lot of people show up to vote in Canada? I don't I don't know the latest data. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that we can improve upon, though. Yeah. I don't think it's something where we're like ninety percent. I don't think it's that hard. We need to improve in getting more people out. We're like the we're important. like these drunken idiots who've had democracy for like several hundred years. You know, you guys have been in the oppression of the queen there for a while, and uh, <laughs> the queen's nice. I'm just, I'm just the queen's yeah. pretty. The queen she's is nice. pretty amazing. She was like, nice. think of what she's actually. <laughs> Like it's kind yeah. of like remarkable. I would have loved to have just sat down and got her drunk and had her tell me stories of what she really thought of all the leaders wow. over the last fifty years. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, and so just fun. like, just get her to just let loose. Like you know, that George Bush was a, and you're like, holy crap, it's the Queen. I would just totally. love to have had that conversation. I probably never would have that conversation with her, but just see her let loose. And oh, uh, tell you and you tell ch- stories about Churchill. I'm a big Churchill fan, so I'd have been like, "What was Churchill like, man? Was he really mm-hmm. cool?" She'd mm-hmm. probably be like, "He's an asshole." Anyway, I don't know. But uh, wonderful things here. Now we're into like a whole subject of voting in Canada and whatever the hell's going on up there. But uh, Canada is a lovely place. I mean, I feel like we should be getting an ad in here for the Canada Tourist uh, Society or something. I'm gonna have to hit them up to buy ads on the show. So anyway, thank you, Catherine, for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. You've been a lot of fun to be with for the last the last while. A lot thank of fun. You. And you're the only woman who ever says that to me in all my years of relationships. So thank you very much, too, as well. Uh, Catherine, give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs. Awakencompany.com, CatherineRbell.com, and Awakenly.app is the app, which we didn't really get to talk about today. That's oh, well, let's give that a little plug. Is there, is there .com? I think we plugged at the beginning of the show. 
Aw- yeah, it's awakenly.app and it's a it's basically to help people awaken their inner muse. Mm. So to how to be present with daily reminders, with morning mantras, <laughs> with centering activities. And we just started, so it's kind of in beta. So check us out. It's like two ninety nine a month. And we would love your input feedback. Let us know what you think about it. Cause we're going to create a lot from there. There you go. I've got a plug too. If you want a, an awakening service, you can pay me to come over to your house and slap you silly. Um, it's called the bitch slap app. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Most coaching services that way anyway, aren't they really? Anyway. Yeah. No, and we, we love working with businesses to mm-hmm. create, bring back humanity, not with the slap. Maybe that should be my tagline. I mean, a good human bring slap. back humanity, oh, not with the slap. Good slap across the face. I don't not, know. It just not, says I can't do that anymore either. Yeah, not with the slap. Just yeah. with a lot of holding. We tested it in public at malls, and it didn't go over well. Uh, so she is the author of the amazing new paperback that's coming out November 29th, 2022, The Awakened Company. Catherine Arbell has been on the show with us. This has been a really fun show. So if you're catching this anywhere in the middle, and, of course, at this point, you'd be catching at the end, uh, go watch the show. We did a lot of jokes on the show. It was very funny and delightful and wonderful to have Catherine on. Thank you for coming on again, Catherine. Thank you so much, Chris. There you go. Thanks, Monis, for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss. See everything we're reading and reviewing over there. Go to youtube.com, Fortress Chris Foss. Go see us over there on that LinkedIn, man. We got like a, there's a 103,000 group over there. There's LinkedIn newsletter. There's LinkedIn, the Chris Voss show group you can join and listen to over there. It's like all sorts of LinkedIn stuff going on. We're trying to make the TikTok work. So check us out over there. Thanks, Monis, for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, especially our Canadian friends. Be good to each other and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.